Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. So yes, the burden that we have here in this church, yeah, we're going to continue to talk about this. We're going to ask that you call. We're going to ask that you, you talk to your representatives, your legislation, and, and talk to these people and say, this is wrong. This is evil. Don't do this. And when the vote comes out, if, it, if it's going to be on the ballot that we, we just say, no, has God put a burden in your heart? Another burden here at this church that we have is we, we for years, we've had a burden with what's going on in the public school system, and it's bad, it's wrong. We had a panel here on Tuesday. We talked about things so sensitive we didn't put it online because we wanted to them, the teachers and, the, and those that are on the school board and everything just to talk freely about what's going on in our public schools. It's worse than you can imagine. And you might say, really, Pastor, it's bad? Well, I don't know, you judge. So a fourth grade elementary uh, teacher, she had her, her children watch a performance in her classroom of a drag queen, uh, and then she encouraged her kids to, to, to be drag queen uh, performers in fourth grade. That's wrong. California Department of Education advocates books promoting gender transition to kindergartners. I don't want my five-year-old learning this. And then the high schoolers, it says they're teaching that uh, they, should not, they, should, they should kneel at the national anthem. That's what they're teaching kids. So because of this burden, we're praying, we're praying. And it, it started with the desire. How do we rescue? How do we help? And so the desire gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And that's why we started Harbor Cove Prep. It's a support ministry for homeschoolers. But it's Monday through Friday, kindergarten, as we showed you the video, to 12th grade. Why? To rescue, listen, not only the kids, but also the teachers, it's getting so difficult for the teachers that they're like, I, I can't do this anymore. So that's what we're doing. So I would ask, please pray about that, okay? But, th this what, it, but what we see in our text, we see it starts with a, a desire, then it turns into a burden, and then it increases. Why? Because, listen, I believe that happens just like Paul. God wants to do a greater work. Remember Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1? Hannah was barren. She wasn't able to have children. And so she had a desire, Lord, give me a child. Years went on, years went on. Her biological clock was ticking, if you know what I mean. She's, she's finally, she's like, it was, she was burdened. And you might say, well, are you sure she was burdened? Absolutely. She was so burdened. You know the story, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 10. It says, and, it says, and she was in bitterness of soul. Does that sound like she was burdened? And prayed to the Lord and wept in what? Can we say that out loud? That sounds like she was burdened. And she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction, burden, of your maidservant, and remember me, and not forget your maidservant. What did she say? But you will give, if we give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. Uh, the Nazarite vow. In other words, he'll, he'll be consecrated to you. And if you know this, this story, what happened? So she had young Samuel, right? Young Samuel, she waited till young Samuel was weaned. And what did she do? She dropped him off to Eli, the high priest, right? As a young child. And he served in the house of the Lord all the days of his life. Why? Well, because Eli, the high priest, his sons were corrupt, and God needed to put 
a God-fearing man in that place to, to serve in the house of the Lord. So what did he do? He started with a woman and put a desire in her heart. And if she would have just had children right away, then this wouldn't have happened. But it was so intense. The burden was so hard. She's like, Lord, I'll even give them to you if you please. I just have to have this child. And I'll, I'll give him away to you. I'll, I'll let him serve you all the days of his life. I'll drop him off to Eli. And Eli, the high priest, can take him. And that's exactly what happened. And we're told about Samuel, this little boy that grew up, it says not one of his words fell to the ground. He was used mightily by God. It started with a burden. started with a desire, turned into a burden. My question again to you, is God placed a burden upon your heart? Well, maybe he wants to use you. Maybe he wants to accomplish a work in your life. Ask him, seek him. And maybe most of the time I find in my life, it's, it's a lot different than what I come up with. But listen, it's a lot better, amen? amen? So back in our text, and just so you know, I'm going to spend most of the time on these first two verses, and we're going to pick up some speed at the verses 3 to 8. So he sends Timothy, and this is so important, he, he sends Timothy to these new believers, don't miss this, to do what? To establish and encourage. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the definition of those two words. Why? Because this is so important. I love the fact that as we read this letter, this is going to a church, right? And so we can glean off of this. And this is important for all new believers. They need to be established and encouraged. So the word established means to fix firm what? In their faith. Fix firm in their faith. To make firm, to strengthen, to fix something so that it stands upright and immovable. So think through this. They're new believers. They don't know the word of God. Paul's far away from them. Paul's like, I need to get in there. I need to, the, the, the devil can lie to them. They can deceive them. They need to know the word of God. They need to, to, to have their faith, you know, stable. So Timothy's there and that's what he's doing. The other one is encourage them, means to come along. Interesting if you're a note taker, this word uh, encourage, it's very similar to the Holy Spirit. It's, uh, the Holy Spirit is... Uh, Paracletus, this is a very similar word, means to come alongside of. So to come alongside, to sit down beside, to comfort, to teach, to instruct, to pray, to strengthen. That's right here, very simple. That's what new believers need. My question to you, as a believer, are you fixed in your faith when it comes to Jesus Christ? I could stand up here and tell you, nobody can talk me out of a relationship with God right now. I, I, can, I don't care who you are. It's not arrogance. It's just I, I, am, I have this immovable uh, place in me where I have a relationship with God, and you can't take that away from me. That's how all of us should be as believers in Jesus Christ. But the problem with, with new believers, the, the, the fiery darts come their way. They don't know the word of God, and they're confused. They're like, well, what does that mean? What does this mean? And there must be mature Christians. There must be churches that teach the Bible, that, that expose lies and bring through truth. And so this is so important. So again, I'm challenging you. Is your faith fixed? You know how awesome it is to know that my faith is fixed. You know, listen to this. Do you know these last two years, two and a half years, I've seen people that I thought were real solid that they're not even walking with the Lord anymore. Why? Their faith wasn't fixed in Christ. And it rocked the world, and it's sad. But new believers need to be encouraged in this. They need to be, you know, discipled. They need to, to have us as mature believers to come alongside, to be there. They're going to have questions. And what it does for us as mature believers, it strengthens us. It's like, well, I'm not sure. Let me look that up. That's a great question. I love what God's doing here with the college-age kids. 
And if you don't know that, you need to know that. There's a special work of, of God working with these college-age kids and, and young career age also. I love it. And I'm watching the older, mature pouring into these younger ones. I've had opportunities even after services and all, they're, you know, praying with them, coming alongside. They're asking me questions all the time. And it's just, I love being a part of that. And I'm watching how the Lord's working. We have uh, Chad Williams, the uh, Navy SEAL. That he's, he oversees Forge and he's pouring into these kids. And it's just, geez, God is doing something special. Listen, with these young kids, and it's an answer to our prayers. Because we need, if, if we lose the young generation, we're all in trouble. And it's so encouraging to watch what God's doing with these kids. I was at uh, Yogurt Land the other day. But, uh, <laughs> and um, there was a young college-age kid, too, be behind the counter, you know. And they strung up a conversation with them. This kid was just, I don't know, he was like asking me all these questions. Like, what is this, this, this? And then he finally says, well, what do you do for a living? And I said, well, I'm a pastor of a church. He goes, no way, really? And I said, yeah. And he goes, which one? And I said, Calvary of the Harbor. And he goes, I've heard of that place. He goes, don't they have like a ministry for kids my age? And I said, yeah, yeah. He goes, people have been inviting me to that. He goes, I really want to go. And I said, yeah, you need to go. And he says, isn't it that SEAL guy that's doing that? I said, yeah, it's the SEAL guy. He said, oh, yeah. And he's all like, and I'm just watching this work. It's not a, Listen, it's not a natural work. It's a supernatural work that God's doing, and it's powerful. And it's an answer to our prayers, and I'm sure it's an answer to many, that, that burden. It's like, Lord, save these young kids. And he's rescuing these kids. And this, this is exactly what needs to happen. We need to establish them and encourage them. Be there for them. Mature Christians, if... You've walked with the Lord for years. My challenge to you, are you pouring into the younger ones? Are you there for them? You will not believe how it's just the power of that. When you have the young people that had never heard all, you know, these, the, the truths of God's word and they're asking you your, these questions and you're just pouring in. Listen, the Bible says when you water others, God waters you. I could sit there for like 20 hours just talking about, the, you know, this is, I, could, I love doing that. But that's what we're called to do. And that's what Timothy was doing. Then he goes on in our text. It says that no one should be shaken by these afflictions. So Paul's writing to these new believers, telling them, don't be shaken. You're appointed to this. We're appointed to this. I told you beforehand, as you know, that there's going to be tribulation and all. And just as, you know, I told you it was going to happen, and it happened and I believe from here, this is a good thing for us to be reminded of. And it's a good thing to remind all new believers um, we're going to have persecution. We're going to have trials. But those trials are for us. They're to help us, to mature us. It's so sad. I've ever seen this before where someone will they'll come to Christ and then uh, they'll go to another church because we teach the Bible. But they'll say, oh yeah, everything, if you give your life to Christ, guess what? Everything's going to get better. That's not scriptural. No, there's going to be trials. There's going to be, there's going to be things that are going to come our way. Persecution. People are going to get upset at us. People are going to mad. Why? Because we're in the, we have God's light. And if they're in darkness, they don't want the light. But it's a good thing for us to realize. And so Paul says, see, I, I warned you guys that the tribulation was going to come. You're going to have you know, difficult times. Don't think that this tribulation here is the great tribulation. I don't believe we're going through the great tribulation. But your faith, my faith, will be tested to see if it's genuine. And then when it's tested, it's used to mature us. 
I remember years ago, someone I loved dearly, I prayed, to receive, prayed with to receive Christ. And he went to church for a little while. And he started reading the Bible for a little bit. And a trial came by and he walked out. That was 20 some years ago. Never to turn back. Why? You might think, did he lose his salvation? No, I don't believe so. I, I believe he never had genuine faith. When you have genuine faith and your creator and you know you have a relationship with him, listen, nothing should shake us. You might say, well, you don't know what I'm going through, Pastor. It's pretty heavy. Yeah, but God's going to work it together for good. God's going to use it for good if you allow him to, if you just seek him. When trials come our way, and it will, difficult time comes our way, and it will, the temptation for us will be to give up or to go back to your old lifestyle. Don't do that. Don't give up. I would say, look up. Don't give up. Look up. Don't give up because that's the temptation. Just give up. And, and, and no, 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 don't do that. Don't give up. Keep looking up. Keep looking to him because he wants to use the trials that you have for you. Remember what James tells us? James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, my brethren, count it all. Can we say that out loud? When you fall into various trials. Uh, do you always count it joy when you have trials? That's not, I can't say that I always say, yes, another trial, awesome. (laughs) But read the rest of this. Knowing that the testing of your, can we say that aloud? Faith produces patience. And let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So those trials, you can, if when you have a trial and you, you, you trust God, and you say, okay, God, I don't know what this is. I don't know why I'm going through this, but I'm just going to trust you. And all of a sudden you see God work and you're like, okay, that was good, Lord. That's awesome. And then it produces patience. And it's like, so then you do your best and you're, you're going through another trial. You're like, okay, Lord, here we go again. I'm just going to trust you. And then you're waiting and you're waiting. Okay. All right, and it's producing patience in you. And then you see him work again. And then you realize, wait, Lord, you're maturing me. You're developing me. You're causing me to put my full trust in you that no matter, listen, no matter what I go through, I can trust you. This is the takeaway. And if you don't get anything else, please get this, that no matter what comes your way, no matter what trial comes your way, trust in God and trust that he'll get you through it. That's faith. That's the takeaway. Trust God that he'll get you through anything that comes your way. Why? Because he promises. And so much so, if you can even go to that level, I'm not there yet. When the trial comes, you're like, yes, here we go again. Way too often, you and I as believers can be so caught up with this temporal world. This is not where it's at. We're to have, listen, an eternal mindset to realize, wait, okay, I'm being, I'm going through this thing that's very uncomfortable for me, but God, you got a plan. And it's an eternal plan. This is going to last forever and ever and ever. I'm going to take the, the eternal package. Help me get through this. Mature me, Lord. You see, he wants to mature you and develop you and cause you to have patience that you can disciple others to let them know, no, no, just wait and see. God's on your side. I pray, I trust, I hope Every one of us have this eternal mindset that we realize this lifetime, according to the Bible, it's a vapor. It's a short time. So you might have heard this already. The good news, Mike McClure, the pastor of Calvary Chapel, uh, San Jose, he just won in court. So California Appeal Court rejects COVID-19 fines for the church. 
So talk about patience and talk about persecution and the difficult time he kept his doors open. Uh, so at this point, he's the $200,000 fines, they, they, they dismiss those. I think he has like another 2 million fines right now on the plate, but, but this is good news, guys. And through it, God has used that in a mighty way for people to come to Christ because I know Pastor Mike McClure and he preaches the gospel every chance he gets when people, when he does interviews, he always brings it to Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's go back in our, our text. Next verse, looking at time. For this reason, he says, when I can no longer endure it, and he goes again, I sent to know your, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter had tempted you and our labors might be in vain. So again, he's worried that these new believers will be tempted lied to because they don't know the word of God. There's no one there discipling him. So his concern is that the tempter, that's the devil, will come in and tempt them and, and everything that he poured into them would be lost. It would be in vain. Not that they would lose their salvation, but all the, the good stuff that he poured in, he was worried that, that it would be empty. And, and I want to put up the definition of that word tempted because it's important for us to realize tempted means to, to try to trap, to test one's faith. That's what temptation does or used to entice one to sin. As believers, we will be tempted till the day we die. I, but temp, listen, some people freak out over temptation. Oh no, I'm being tempted again. No, no, that's, it's, it's not sin to be tempted. It's what you do with the temptation. That can turn into sin, but we will be tempted. And, and so Paul's concerned about them, but yet God took care of them, and God was there. But, but I, I want to use that to, to remind us that uh, when temptation comes our way, which it will happen every day, turn, keep turning to the Lord, and don't fall to that temptation. Because every time you fall to that temptation, there's going to be consequences. I remember in grade school, I signed up to be a crossing guard. Do they still have those today with the, you know, the, the, the belts and the badge and all that? So I signed up to be a crossing guard, and... So I was out there, I was in Michigan, and so I'm standing at the, the corner, you know, to cross people, and the school bus came riding by. Well, on the school bus were some of my friends, or some of my enemies too, probably, but uh, the kids that were on there that I recognized, well, some of them, they put their windows down, and they were, like, making fun of me and yelling at me and stuff. So it was snowing, so I went down, and I made a snowball, <laughs> and I tried my best, to, you know, to, to hit them through the window, but I missed, and I hit the side of the bus and all, and... But the next day, the principal called me down to the office and took my badge away. They took my belt away. I only made it one day. And I, and I think about that. That was the consequences for my sin. It, I could have, you know, I could have endured it. I could have said, no, don't pick up the snowball. It's okay. They're making fun of you. And, but and it's just a little illustration to, to make a point. There's a consequence. If I didn't pick up a snowball, if I didn't throw it at the bus, throw, try to hit these kids, I would have kept my badge. I would still be on that corner today. No, no. <laughs> Do you know there's a blessing when you endure temptation? James 1.12 says, blessed is the man who, what? Endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life. That's an eternal blessing. We have a temporal and an eternal blessing when we endure which the Lord has promised to those who love him. The word endure means to remain. To, it speaks of 
not falling to that temptation, to, to remain yielded to the Holy Spirit and, and trusting by faith in his word and, and not taking hold of those temptations that come our way. And when we do that, there's a blessing attached. And I, and I would just want to say this. Every time that you are tempted, realize if you don't fall prey to it, if you endure and you don't fall to it, there's a blessing attached. And there's an eternal blessing attached that you'll receive the crown of life for all eternity. Amen? What does Paul tell us? Romans 5, excuse me, 8, 5 says, for those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the... Right now, we're setting our mind on the things of the spirit. When we set our mind, we put our mind on the things of the flesh, it gets us in trouble. And it's so important. Put your mind on the things of the spirit, things that will last forever and ever and ever and ever. There's a temptation to put your mind on things that are not of God. And that's a reminder for us. Paul was concerned about these new believers, but God took care of it. God was with them as the good news comes back. As he tells us right here, he says the good news came back, that you're walking by faith and and that that God is with you. And because of that, this affliction, this stress that I'm going through, I'm comforted concerning you by your, can we say it out loud, faith. The word comforted there means he was encouraged and he was strengthened. Why? Because he realized that they were walking by faith. They were not falling to the lies of the enemy. So here he was comforted in their faith. I love what someone once said, and I'll put the quote up here. He said, unbelief will see the obstacles, but faith will see the, can we say it out loud? Opportunities. There's a battle that happens when things aren't going our way. We'll see the obstacles. Oh, no, everything's against me. Instead of looking at it, say, where's the opportunity, Lord? What's, what, do I, what am I supposed to do at this point? Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing, and hearing what? So blessed. I had a couple conversations after the first service, and one young man was you know, talking about his friends that don't know the Lord, and, and he was asking me for advice. I said, well, first off, whenever you can, use the Word of God. Why? Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. If your friends don't know the Lord, just keep using the Word. And then some other, gave him some other advice and, and all, prayed with him. But then a, a gentleman after him, another gentleman came up and he says, I've been coming to this church for like four weeks. And, and uh, he said, I'm from another faith. He's Catholic. And he says, I came and heard, uh, hearing the word of God. And he started crying. He says, I, I want that relationship you're talking about. Will you pray with me to receive Christ? And I was like, God, you're so awesome. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He sat there for four weeks, heard the word of God, heard the word of God, heard the word of God, and then he responded. And now he prayed to receive Christ as his savior. Isn't that awesome? I shared this at the prophecy conference. I want to share talking about faith coming by the word of God. This is why there's a problem in the church because only 9% of Christians read the Bible daily. That's a new study that's out. 9% of Christians. That's not good. Because how can we share our faith if we don't know the word of God? And the last verse we're going to look at. It says, for now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. And I, I believe what Paul the apostle in this verse, he's, he's saying, I can, now I can live without this burden. I can live the fullness of God's spirit. This burden's off of me. I realize that you guys are walking by faith. And I, I believe the, the better understanding of if you stand fast in the Lord, that he's saying since, it's the same word, since you're standing fast in the Lord, I, I am fully, you know, the burden's gone. And I'm fully rejoicing in the Lord. So again, by faith, 
to walk by faith. Those of you that are believers in Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you the best way I know how, continue to trust the Lord. Trials will come our way, but trust him through the trials. Look to him through the trials. Don't go back to the world. Don't go back to old patterns. Don't fall uh, into a, a place where you're complaining and murmuring. No, put your trust in the Lord. Take that situation that you have, give it to him and say, Lord, I trust you. Give me wisdom. Show me what to do. And then trust by faith that God is using that trial, that situation in your life. Why? Because he wants to mature you. He wants to develop you. And it's for you. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Joe. And I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.